Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back to the Wellness Wonderland Radio, everybody. I am so excited and honored for today's guest. We have Kate Northrup here in Wonderland with us, the financial freedom expert, coach, speaker, and host of my favorite YouTube show in the world, Glimpse TV, and now author of the most informational and helpful and fun, it's so fun, books ever written, and I'm so excited to recommend it to everybody on this planet to read. It is Money, a Love Story, and I adore this book because it's the perfect blend of practical and spiritual, and her philosophy to free yourself financially is just so cool. It's all about being fully present for your purpose on this planet, which obviously I love so much from everything that we talk about here in Wonderland. So she is so cool. She's spoken to audiences of thousands from Hay House to Wanderlust and all over the country. And today I am thrilled that she is visiting us in Wonderland. So thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. Cool. Well, all right. Well, let's jump right in since I have so much that I want to pick your brain about. Um, Let's start with this question, which is not a question from me. (laughs) This is a question from recording sensation Tina Turner, and you probably know what I'm going to (laughs) ask, and I may sing it to you. Nice. Tell us, what's love got to do... Got to do with it. (laughs) So just kind of like tell us a little bit about that first... It's the chapter title of your first chapter of your book and it's in the sub headline of the book so maybe kind of give us a little bit about your money love story and kind of just catch us up to the present yeah so basically um I discovered early on about the age of 16 that I had a very voracious appetite for books on personal finance Um, my parents were going through a divorce at the time and my mom was reading everything she could get her hands on about money because she realized even though she was 50 and she was super, super successful, she knew nothing about money. And so when my parents got divorced, she knew she needed to get up to speed fast and started reading all these books and passing them along to me. And I loved them. And so I became a student of personal finance. I started my first business. uh, Well, I started my first business when I was really little. I started my primary business when I was 18 Uh, in the network marketing industry with a company called USANA. And I really had this dream to create financial freedom by the age of 30 so I could stay home with my kids someday and be a really present mom. And um, everything was going great with that. Um, I moved to New York City when I was 22. And I promptly got myself into over $20,000 worth of debt because I just was not paying attention to my money. So On the outside, I was teaching workshops on financial freedom. I was like at all the networking events. On the inside, my financial life was a bit of a mess and I felt like a fraud. And so for several years, despite my efforts 
to the contrary, I couldn't quite get it together with my money. And I tried reading books, diff taking different programs, studying with different experts, and I just like couldn't get traction. And it wasn't until I realized if I treated paying attention to my money like self-care and like an act of self-love, which it in fact is, then I could get it together financially and I would actually take the action steps if I did them from a place of love as opposed to a place of fear or guilt or shame or beating myself up, which is where I had come from previously. And it worked. So um, basically within about a year of me having that realization, I was able to pay off all my debt and um, I doubled my income and doubled my savings and everything started going really well. And then I wrote the book because I wanted to tell people how I did it and I started teaching workshops and um, yeah. That's that amazing. It. That's amazing. And I, I really love what you said there about making your finances a self-care practice. And yeah. that is probably the single, um, well, it's kind of the point of your book, really. And it's it's really something that um, resonates with me huge. And one of the things that I love about your book and your teachings are your financial routines. Um, they're the best. Your Friday financial party is like my favorite thing in the world. Could you tell us about your, what is your favorite um, financial routine that you'd like to share with Wonderland and um, why are those so important? Well, it's really important to put in a structure of financial self-care of just regular practices that you do and it creates this kind of um, loving attention on your money on a regular basis. And so one of my favorites is um, to have financial freedom dates with yourself and or with your significant other. And so I started doing this before I had a significant other. And on Friday mornings, I just called it Financial Freedom Fridays. And that was the inspiration for my new video series. Um, I would sit down it, because uh, in, in the network marketing company I work with, I got paid on Friday mornings. So it just felt like the appropriate time to celebrate getting paid. So I would sit down with my... Um, with like great music on and a glass of some sort of like sparkling delicious beverage in a wine glass, which is usually seltzer, but <laughs> I made it feel very fancy in a wine glass and light a candle and I would put on a nice outfit and I make sure to clear my desk. And I would spend time entering my expenses into my spreadsheets or um, paying bills, which I renamed invoices for blessings or a receipt. And uh, I would just spend a little time attention to my money and it was tremendously helpful to start paying attention because up until that point I was just such a boy I love that and and that's so true I think um looking it in the face and just kind of understanding where everything is makes the biggest difference and I and I really love that concept and it resonates with me so much um and I'm sure so many people Another thing that really stuck out to me um, from the first couple of pages of your book is the concept, and I've heard you talk about this before in other platforms, but the concept that we just, as humans, straight up made up money. <laughs> it's something um, that's just so interesting to me and really a unique perspective against everything I um, previously had thought about money. Um, could you talk about that a little bit, that concept? Absolutely. So, um, well, unlike the grass or like a building or our bodies, 
Like money isn't actually anything. <laughs> it's just an energy that we use to exchange what we value for value. And so we made it up as humans to just have this value for value exchange system. And um, it's really important to remember that because so often when we tweaked out about money, it's like, oh, it's the economy and oh, it's, you know, I'm out of money and da, 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 da. And then we get really literal about it and really let our claws into there's not enough. But since we just made it up, we can make more and change our whole money reality anytime because it's just energy that we receive for value we've given in the world. And so the smartest thing you can do is increase your self-value, meaning increase how much you value yourself so that you can command, give more value to the marketplace and then command more value in exchange, which may be financial and it may be other forms of abundance. Okay, so I loved that concept. The other thing um, that really stuck out to me as well um, is going back on the self-care aspect of things. Um, what's the best way to honor the money that you already have? And why is that so important to creating more abundance in your life? Well, what we put our attention on grows. And sort of from a universal energetic perspective, we won't be given more of what we want if we don't appreciate what we already have. It's just sort of like a, like, why would, you know, why would you be gifted? Right something if you don't even appreciate it, um, the amount you have. So it's really important to create a strong container for our money. And so often people will think like, oh, well, I'll learn to, you know, I'll be for, here's a great example. I'll be generous once I have enough money to do that. Mm -hmm. And we really want to put into place the practices that honor our money and honor the sort of the laws of prosperity when, no matter how much income we have, so that we have those in place as our income increases. So one of the things you can do is check your bank account balance daily and give some gratitude for what's in your bank account and also for the ways that your life is abundant right now. So that's a really smart way to create some abundance um, and to really make that practice of what we put our attention on grows. Um, also, you know, if you have debt, you can spend a little time looking back over the previous credit card bills, for example, if it's credit card debt, and notice what did you spend the money on that you're still paying for, and how can you relive those experiences? Because if you're still paying for them, you might as well continue to get value from them. Right. So, so go back and like you know, for for an example, I could I have I took this trip to um to Tobago. Uh, for a girlfriend's wedding in my early 20s that I did not have the money to buy and I put it on my credit card. And I could have gone back and just really enjoyed the photos from that and enjoyed that over the years as I was, or probably didn't, wasn't years, but over the little while that I was paying that off as a way to extend the value I received because that's what money is for. We give it in exchange for things we value. And so it's really important to value the things we spend it on and also spend it on the things we value. That's great. And that's like the perfect segue to my next question about spending on what exactly what you said there, spending money on things that you value. Mm -hmm. And I think um, that's one of my favorite things that you've taught me that I've really tried to apply my to apply to my life lately. And um, I heard you talk about this concept first at the Hay House World Summit. And you really gave this great practical example that I was hoping you could kind of 
um, be the one to share this with Wonderland because it's your concept, so you'll explain it better than I will. But um, it was really the fact of looking at your um, wherever your debit card statement or your um, credit card or whatever, wherever you spend your money, and seeing if you felt expansive or contracted on everything you spent. And I just loved that. Could you kind of explain that a little bit more in your words? Absolutely. So one of my tools, I, I'm, I'm a dancer. I have that background. And so one of my tools has always been my body and listening to my body. And so I think it's really a great tool to guide us in the right direction because our body ha- is where, our, at least for me, it's where my intuition shows up. It's like in a, it's like a feeling in my body. And so when you go over your credit card statement or your most recent bank statement, a really great exercise is to, is to go through and go back to the moment that you spent each bit of money, so each line item basically, and feel into does my body feel contracted right now when I'm thinking about that, that spending or does it feel expansive? So contracted feels like dark and it feels tight mm-hmm. and it feels um, not so great, whereas expansive feels like um, petting a puppy or seeing a baby, like those are expansive feelings. And so when you go through, look at all the feeling, all the ones that you felt contracted about and take notes on who were you with when you spent that money? What was your mood like? What was the situation? Um, Why did you spend that money? And you can begin to identify financial energy leaks. And next time you're with that person or next time you're in that situation or next time you're feeling that way you were feeling you can pay a little extra attention and maybe choose not to take out your wallet and maybe to deal with the way you're feeling directly instead of using spending to deal with it. That's it's really cool. And I'll just say this about it. Like I'm sure people are listening to this and maybe that's a new concept for you, but the coolest thing about it as I applied it to my life was just realizing how easy it is to feel that feeling like it really can you'll you'll see something and you'll know right away in your body physically how it made you feel and it's just such an amazing tool and really cool because you can almost apply that to anything you know with with food or with whatever it is like did that experience make you feel good and fulfilled and nourished or did it not or whatever it is um it's a really great concept to add to your life, even outside of finances. So I love that. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, okay, so my next question is, so as a young person, um, somebody who's just starting to get organized with their own financial situation, perhaps like a um, recent college graduate who's um, maybe in their first full-time position and maybe for the first time not supported by their parents and doesn't yeah. have that hand-holding experience. So um, what are some practical action items for young people to get started on um, this financial freedom path and kind of um, cut that energetic and financial cord from their parents? Well, it really comes back to valuing yourself. Um, I know that when I was in that situation in my early 20s and I was kind of headed out on my own and I got myself into a bunch of debt, Um, a lot of the choices I made around that time were made from a feeling of like, I hope somebody will come and save me (laughs) and like, I really prefer not to take responsibility for myself. And ultimately what it came down to was it was because I wasn't sure I could do it on my own. Like I wasn't sure that Mm. I was enough. 
Mm-hmm. And so my recommendation is know that you're enough because you're on the planet. You're here for a reason. Know that your skills, your talents, your wisdom, your insight, your creativity is enough for you to make it on your own. And it doesn't mean you can't ask for help. But from a financial standpoint, there's nothing more empowering for a young woman than to know she can pay her own rent and buy her own groceries. And like when I was able to do that, I was like, okay, if I can do this in New York, I can do this anywhere. And so that is a feeling that I wouldn't want to deprive anybody of. Um, And so I actually, during that time, went about cutting the financial cords a little earlier, even than my parents were going to, just because I was like, you know what, it's time. And it's really, you know, I I don't want to be like all old lady on you, but you just got to grow up. Right. (laughs) And part of growing up is valuing yourself and standing on your own two feet and saying, I can do this. And I have enough to offer the world to make in exchange for what I offer enough to support myself. And uh, I really recommend doing that. And I really recommend specifically just right now, you know, you can take out a piece of paper and write down 10 ways that you add value to the world and circle the ones that people will actually pay you for. Mm. Ooh, I want to get out my pen right now. That's amazing. Um, (laughs) So I guess going off of that question. So it's really easy to kind of, even if like I'm getting a taste of that right now, for example, and it feels really freaking good and it's definitely a high, you know, and and I get that, but there's at some level having that fallback, having that safety net there that just maybe not even on a um, specific level, but just knowing that, you know, my, my mom or my family is there to catch me with money. Um, I can use that as a crutch. Yeah. And um, and I think my, a lot of people in my generation can um, can relate to that. And I think it's kind of a difficult thing to um, transition out of. So I guess how would you coach someone through that, um, kind of through that with like struggling with maybe the entitlement complex of thinking that with kind of the way that our society is set up with um, having to like work your way up or working through an internship and maybe they think that or to make a move or to do something that they kind of need that financial backing um, to be able to move to where they need to be. But at the same time, wanting that financial freedom um, and if that motivation isn't really fully there for themselves that they're adding the value because they always have that safety net It can kind of be this frustrating thing. So do you have any advice there? Well, I think that, you know, there are going to be some people who are going to have more support than others. And um, I think that we're all given in life what we can handle. (laughs) So I also think that some people come into the world with extra support because they're meant to do things that, like, I have a friend, for example, who is so vivacious. She's just magnetic. She's so inspiring. Um, Everybody loves her like she could run for mayor tomorrow and win. (laughs) And the truth is like, she's not that practical with business, but she adds so much value to the world. So my feeling is because she adds so much value to the world, including her family, um, if her dad gives her help every now and again, because 
he does do the business thing really well and he has all this extra. As long as she's not like sitting around on the couch doing nothing, she's adding tremendous value to the world. She's working, she's teaching classes, she's doing all this great stuff. I don't really see a problem with that. Okay. Um, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to um, negate what I just said about growing up. But the truth is, like everybody's going to have a different situation. And I would say this: if you do have that safety net to fall back on. Just decide not to need to fall back on it. Mm. You know, like That's a tweetable. <laughs> um, you can be lazy or you can take action. And yeah. I recommend taking action because you'll feel better about yourself if you do. It's almost like it's almost like finding that balance of, you know, maybe you want that motivation of you don't have a safety net, so you have to make it work. Like, you know, it's kind of like, F it, let's go. Like, you have no choice. But it's like, do you really need that that mentality of have no choice? Like, even if you have the safety net, still go for it 120%. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you will have to dig deep for that because sometimes people, like, don't, like, here's what I'm going to try to say. Sometimes people just kind of float along because they can. Right. But the reason we do, like, we have to dig deep for the reason why we want to do things. For me, like, I, every time I talk about, like, wanting to be home with my kids and wanting to have a family and be a present mom, it brings tears to my eyes. And so that's my, like, that's why I do, that's why I build my business. That's why I, I do feel the it. Yeah. Too. You know, and so you have to find out what that thing is, and it just needs to be a stronger pull than the possibility of falling back on the financial net. And quite frankly, like, if you need to drop in the net from time to time, just get out. Yeah, maybe we think of it more as like a trampoline, right? That like you could fall down on, but you (laughs) bounce right back out of, right? Exactly. And, And how fast you bounce out of it is absolutely a choice. Yeah, I like that. I think we're on to something with that. <laughs> That's the next Financial Freedom Friday video, maybe. Yes, something about a trampoline. <laughs> yeah, I gotta love trampolines. Yeah. Okay, well, now I have a little scenario for you. You ready okay. for it? Yeah. Okay, so how would you coach someone through the process of transitioning from having um, kind of in a different way a safety net, a full-time job, working a full-time job that maybe they like, maybe they um, maybe they don't, but working for someone else, even though they want to create their own business and that's their dream um, of working for themselves, being an entrepreneur, how do you um, help someone make that transition and know when the time is right and what kind of steps would they need to have in place um, to keep their nut income and their cushion? Okay, great. So I just, I have to full disclosure here. I've never done this. So I just want to let your listeners know I'm speaking from hypothetical right now. (laughs) Okay. Um, Because I built my business when I was 18 during college, when my parents were still supporting me. So I had a different scenario. Um, anyway, what I recommend is definitely sock away six months to a year of living expenses. If you can, um, that's a great idea to have a buffer as you're starting a business so that when you jump ship, you have a little basis for that. You have a little cushion. Um, but I will say this, some, everybody has a little bit of a different 
comfort level with that. And some people are more or less risk averse, meaning they're actually totally comfortable just quitting their job without a plan. And some people would rather die and they're going to be more comfortable having six months of or a year of living expenses. And some people, I know a guy who's not comfortable unless he has like three years of living expenses in the bank. So knowing that you just have to figure out who you are on that spectrum. And then you want to look at what can I do that will add value that will bring money in the door fast. Like what's the low hanging fruit. And then you want to start focusing on the low hanging fruit. Like what's going to bring money in the door sooner than later. So can I do some sort of one-on-one coaching? Will people pay me for my advice? Things like that. Um, So that's what I really recommend. And then um, as things grow, then you can work on bigger projects that might have more bang for their buck later on um, and things like that. But, but there are, if you write down that list of ways you can add value, you will be amazed by what you have on that list that people ask you for advice about all the time or that you're giving people help with all the time that you're not getting paid for now that you might realize like, oh, actually that's a business. I love that. And and your your book talks about that a lot as well and goes into to more detail with that. And I think really focusing on that purpose, like that's that's the that's the point of all of this, you know, is just getting figuring out how you can get paid for that purpose because that's what we're all here to do essentially. So I think that that's that's really cool and I think that was really good practical advice for for making that transition. Cool. So thank you. Yeah. Um Okay, cool. So we've talked lots about money, which is very personal, but now let's get let's get personal with you, Kate, the person behind the beautiful book. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So could you um, walk us through your, this is super personal, your morning routines and kind of the specifics of how you start your day as Kate Northrup and why that's important to how the rest of your day goes. Maybe like the first three (laughs) things you do or something like that. This is funny because one of the things I struggle with the most in my life is having a consistent morning practice. So the fact (laughs) that you asked this question is just particularly hysterical. Let me tell you, um, uh, this morning I woke up I set my alarm, which I rarely do. I usually um, just wake up when I wake up, when I'm done sleeping. But this morning I woke up. I really want to get in some exercise in these last two weeks before I go to New York for the book launch just because I'm going to be traveling like crazy and I just want to focus on that. So um, woke up, um, you know, brushed my teeth, did that whole thing, went downstairs, took my vitamins, made myself a smoothie for breakfast, made some coffee, and then I went to a spin class. Um, so I can't talk, you know, it's not particularly like, I don't have a regular meditation practice. I have made a rule for myself to not check my email within the first hour of waking up. And I did take my email off my phone Mm -hmm. to help enforce that rule. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I got for you. Sometimes I journal, sometimes I meditate. Um, sometimes I exercise, sometimes I read, but I don't really have like some, can I just tell you something about this? It's so funny that this is your answer because I'm literally like beaming right now because I, I asked this, I ask like a version of this question to most people and, Uh um, and this is the one I'm most inspired by because I relate to this 
10,000%. And I actually just wrote a blog post about this and the like pull quote or whatever from my blog post about this was, the only thing that has to be 100% consistent about your morning routine is that you are in love with it 100% of the time. Because I really believe that, like, I was, I was really, like, it was my morning routine of, like, being de-stressed was stressing me out. Because I was, like, yeah. gotta meditate, gotta get the incense, gotta get the smoothie, gotta oil pull, oh, gotta tap, gotta, you know, I'm, like, all these things. It was, like, oh, my goodness, there's so much, you know. And I, when I finally was able to just let that go and just do what I wanted each morning and know that, like, maybe some days I want a hot breakfast. Maybe I want to go on a walk. Maybe I want to meditate today. Today yeah. I want to sit. Today I want to move. Whatever it is, like. And just doing what you feel like in the moment when you wake up, I think is just so important. And some days, like, I actually, um, the most recent Wellness Wonderland interview that I just did, um, she was telling me, my guest said that she loved um, getting right to work in the morning and answering emails first thing in the morning. And and part of me was like, oh my God, that's a no-no, that's a no-no, that's a spiritual (laughs) no-no. But then she was like, but it's great. She's like, it's heavy stuff first thing in the morning. But I love it. You know, it's girls asking questions about eating disorders and this and that. And she's like, but I love it. And it's amazing. And it fills me up. And I was like, that's really cool. And I do have those days when I just want to get right to work. And it's like, that's when you're in line with your passion. So I think whatever you do in the morning, as long as you love it, I think that's a great way to start your day with something that you love. Totally. Cool. So I guess what about the evening? What are some things you like to do in the evenings to wind down? Um, I really like to read. Um, so I'm always reading like a bazillion different books. Um, I usually read like five or six at once. So (laughs) I love love to read. I love to, um, just have dinner with my fiance, Mike, which is really always a pleasure and, um, hang out with my family or like, I just, I try to, this is not, I, I used to be really like, I would work until two in the morning when I lived in New York city And, um, now that I live in Maine, I get tired a lot earlier and I wake up a lot earlier. So I really focus on getting into bed by like nine, not like 10 usually or 11 at the latest. And you just like read a magazine or I try not to read business books in, um, in bed because they get me too wound up at night. Nice. nice. And we don't have a TV, so I don't ever watch TV. Same. I'm the same way. And I think... I think that helps, but I'm realizing lately, just total side note, I just watch a lot more YouTube. That's funny. <laughs> I watch a lot of Glimpse TV, so. Oh, that's can't, right. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, staying with the personal, where do you hear your ing or your inner guide or your inner ding or whatever you want to call it? Where do you tend to hear that um, that beautiful, loving voice, where do you hear that the loudest? And um, how do you remind yourself to kind of follow that intuition voice? Um, well, I hear it the loudest usually when I'm dancing. Love so that. that's a big thing for me. Or like just when I'm moving in general. So movement is really important for me. Um, and like always for me when I when something brings me to tears, I always know to pay attention to that. So that's always a, a go-to for me. If, if something is moving emotionally, that is always my inner guide telling me like pay attention or move in that direction. And then if anything's making me feel tired or burned out or irritated, I'm always like, okay, let's see if we can move away from that or, or change this scenario, ask for help. How can I 
rework it because ultimately I make my decisions in life based on what feels good. Um, and so it really is about that. I love that. I think it kind of goes back to um, the concept that I told you before that I loved about noticing what feels contracted or expansive. And I think applying that to, I, I try to do that all the time, you know, with what do I want to eat right now? Does it, you know, or whatever it is. I think yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's really, really helpful. Um, so speaking of eating, um, let's talk food a little bit. Um, what's your favorite go-tos for nourishing your body? What's your favorite thing to eat or make? Um, I am not a big cook. However, when I do cook, I always pretty much make vegetable um, tofu stir fries yeah, or roast chicken um, or green smoothies. I love green smoothies. So I eat like, I'm not vegan, but um, I eat a lot of plants. I was actually raised vegan macrobiotic. So when I go to cook, it's like my natural tendency is to not cook meat just because I didn't, I wasn't raised with it. Um, but yeah, and then also just nutrition is really important to me. So I take my vitamins, I exercise, you know, I do green smoothies, I take my probiotics, all that stuff is really important for me. What's your favorite green smoothie recipe or what did you have in your smoothie this morning? <laughs> well, this morning I put in, um, USANA, the company I work with, makes this um, thing called Nutrameal, which is a plant-based protein. So I used a little bit of that with spinach and frozen berries. But so that's like more of a protein one. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes I'll do one that's more um, just greens. And so I'll do avocado and cucumber and spinach and sometimes some romaine lettuce in there. Um, I may or may not throw in any berries. Um, ginger I like to put in, a mm -hmm. little lemon. And then I've got mint on my deck that I grow. So sometimes I put that in there too. Mm, yum. That's amazing. That sounds good. <laughs> so... <laughs> Staying on food a little bit, so let's say you like walked in the door and um, you are going to make something quick. What's your favorite like go-to snack or thing to kind of have quick? Would it be a green smoothie? Um, I would probably just eat nuts. Mm, nice. I will if I want something quick. I will almost never make something. Yeah, <laughs> that's just. I mean, that's just. I'm being honest. Yeah, like I'll grab nuts or some sort of little protein bar. Often like an apple with almond butter. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. It's like my favorite. Um, sometimes I sprinkle a little sea salt on it. So good. Yes. Um, cool. Well, next, like talking into, not that food and nourishment is totally part of self-care, but transitioning into that a little bit, um, mm -hmm. what's the number one practical action you take um, for self-care that you kind of do um, pretty frequently? Sleep. I, I, any, if my life gets busy, it's extremely rare that sleep will fall by the wayside. <laughs> um, sleep is always the priority. I almost always sleep until I wake up without setting an alarm unless I have to catch a plane. Sleep heals everything for me, and I am not, I'm no good if I'm sleep deprived. I love that. That's such amazing, like concrete. That's such a great thing to follow. So do you have a specific time you try to make sure you're in bed by? Um, I don't, but I'm usually, I usually just get tired by 11. So I'm usually in bed 10, 30, 11 at the latest. Nice. 
Um, well, speaking of this and kind of with your schedule, so you do so much rad stuff, you know, you're, you're doing, doing so many things and so busy. So how do you stay organized and all of it so you can show up fully for each part of your life? And do you have any practical tips on staying present, but getting so much done at the same time? Um, I'm not a very organized person, but I have a very organized fiance (laughs) and he helps me tremendously. Um, I use my Google calendar. I set reminders for myself. I have an ongoing list of things I need to do. Um, and I have an assistant. So I have, I've set up a structure in my life. It's certainly not perfect, but, um, I've set up a structure so that I get reminders and help because if it were just up to me, things would fall through the cracks. And I've had that experience and it's kind of mortifying. Um, so in order to up my game in terms of professionalism, I really, um, you know, I, I set, put those things in place and I get, I have a lot of help. Nice, nice. So that that's really great that you were able to identify what works for you and set up a system accordingly. Yeah. Um, so speaking of um, holistic health and wellness and, and kind of even going back to nutrition a little bit um, and just kind of all of it as a whole with everything from money and finance to nutrition and food, but just kind of the self-help and wellness movement. Where do you see it going in 10 years and where would you like to see it down the road? Um, where I would like to see the whole health and wellness movement in general? Yeah, with, with health and, and just kind of nice. all of it as a whole. Well, I'd really like to see people um, buying local and focused on how important it is to support your local farmers. Um, I think that's just really critical. I think if we did that, a lot in the world would change. Um, I hope that people will not only buy local, but also buy, um, you know, free range grass fed, that sort of thing. So that the factory farms will eventually, um, sooner than later completely be obliterated. So that's really an important piece. And then I also just hope that people, um, learn that taking care of their health is about vitality and love and not always so necessarily about looking a certain way. So coming up at it from the perspective of I'm doing this because I love myself. I'm doing this because it's good for the planet. Um, from those more sustainable reasons, I'm doing this because it makes me feel good as opposed to I'm doing this because I want to have a flat stomach or whatever, because those are really unsustainable reasons. So, um, you know, kind of maybe doing the same things, but for the right reasons. I love that. I think that's such valuable sound of advice. Um, so now talking a little bit about relationships, you're getting married. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, that's super exciting being engaged. Um, so what has that experience of this amazing relationship that you've attracted into your life? Um, and now um, that you're engaged, what have you learned from that transitional part of your relationship? And I know it's like somewhat recent, but so far, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to say it feels different being engaged than even living together and even being business partners. Mike and I have been business partners for over a year. So a huge part of our relationship has just been um, releasing control and accepting help. Um, he really is so amazing at helping and keeping things organized and doing what needs to be done. And, um, sometimes I'm a little slow accepting that. And so it's just been hugely transformational in terms of surrendering to the fact that I can't do everything and that it's not even important to think about that. Um, 
So, and I just feel really like solid and awesome being engaged and planning a wedding. It's really, you know, I've known that I wanted to marry Mike for at least a year. So it's just fun for it to be um, official. Oh, that's amazing. Were you shocked when you, when he proposed or was it a surprise? Um, it was a surprise how he did it. It wasn't a surprise that he was going to be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, so now the name of my blog is The Wellness Wonderland, as <laughs> you know. Um, and so I just want to ask you this. What does living in a wellness wonderland mean for you? Since to me, you're one of the people who is are like huge inspiration to me um, and you live in what I would consider a wellness wonderland. So what does that mean to you? It really means freedom. It really means just having the freedom uh, to spend your time doing the things you want to do. Because when we have our time, which is really our most limited and precious resource, we can really make everything else work for us. So it's about um, taking the time and having that freedom of time to look at your life and make choices in alignment with your values. So, um, you know, you can create wellness, I think, from from choice. And, and choice just requires you having the time and kind of free space to do that. Amazing. I love that answer. Um, so I want to ask you some quick fire questions where you'll just say, like, the first thing that comes to your mind. It'll be really fun. But I have one more big question that I want to wrap with, which is like the best question ever. (laughs) And it's not mine. It comes from you, but I think it would be really cool to have you on the, um, on the receiving end of this question. So you probably know what I'm going to ask. It's the question you always end your glimpse TV episodes with, but what are you doing right now that you're afraid of, but you're doing anyways, launching a book. (laughs) (laughs) I am, uh, yeah, I mean, putting myself out there in this way and doing media and all of that is a huge step up from where I've been playing in terms of playing a bigger game. And um, it's scary. You know, when you put yourself out there in bigger ways, you open yourself up for criticism and the lighter the light gets, sometimes the darker the dark is that you attract. And um, I'm certainly not attracting mega darkness or anything, but you know, people write in snide things from time to time. And Um, It's just a great experience of just like expanding bigger and bigger in love, no matter what people have to say. Oh, I love that. I mean, for I mean, clearly I'm your biggest fan, so (laughs) I'm like totally on Team Kate and just so excited for you. So it's um, it's actually pretty surprising to hear that that's something that you're and actually in kind of a weird way, it's inspiring almost to hear that that's something you're afraid of that you're pushing yourself to do because. To me, as an outsider, it just seems like it would be so natural and um, and just so perfect. But but that's really awesome. And um, so thank you for taking that risk and pushing yourself because, like me and so many other people, um, you're that you're inspiring. It's really important to put that work out there. So thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, cool. So do you mind if we wrap with some quick fire questions? Not at all. Okay, this is like the best part of the interview. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so ready? Yes. Okay, favorite color? Pink. Me too. Favorite (laughs) favorite yoga pose? Um, I really like downward dog, actually. All right. Yeah. That's a very vanilla. (laughs) It is. It's kind of a vanilla answer. I'm trying to think if there's something more interesting. Um, I I really like sideways crow as well. Mm, 
Nice. That's a little more funky. A little bit more interesting. Yeah. yeah. Day of the week. Friday. Particularly Friday afternoon. Nice. Hour of the day. I love lunchtime. Hmm. Right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, favorite veggie? Um, Brussels sprouts. I love them too. They're so good. How do you like to eat them? Do you like them roasted? Roasted. Yeah, so roasted. good. Yes. A little coconut oil or olive oil. Oh, so mm. good. Favorite fruit? Um, I really like blueberries and um, pink lady apples. Oh my gosh, pink lady apples are my favorite. They're so good with, like we were talking about before, with almond butter and sea salt or coconut butter. So good. I'm really into them with sunflower butter right now, too. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. You'll have to try it. I will. Um, what about your favorite way to relax? We kind of talked about that earlier. Is that reading, or do you have another way you like to, like, wind down? Um, I love to go to the movies. Mm. Yeah, movies are the best. Good answer. Um, what about your favorite meal that you can remember? Mm. Um, recently, my uh, fiancé's threw me a huge birthday extravaganza for my 30th. And um, we had this dinner party at my mom's house. He threw it for me as a surprise. And this amazing Greek woman who's a friend of a friend cooked this incredible food like spanakopita and this special Greek um, lasagna. And there were just like all the people I love in one place. And it was just heaven. Oh, yum. That sounds delicious. Yeah, um, that's great. So what does your ideal day look like? Um, so I love to, as, as I said, wake up whenever I wake up. I do prefer to wake up earlier. So like usually it's like great if I wake up by seven. Um, I just like the way the day feels that way. Um, taking a walk outside or going to yoga. Um, I love coffee. So having a cup of coffee is like heaven every morning. I went off coffee for a while and I missed it too much. So I went back on. <laughs> and um, then I would go out to lunch with a girlfriend at one of my favorite places here in Portland where I live. Um, doing some writing somewhere in there, like maybe writing some blogs in the morning or the afternoon. I really just love writing and I love creating space for that. Um, and then going to dinner with Mike would be an amazing addition and going to see a play of some kind. I love going to see live theater. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be kind of like my ideal day. That sounds really fun. I want to go to the yoga class and to lunch with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what superhero power would you have for a day if you could have one? Oh, superpower. I think it would be by location. Like there's, I always want to be more than one place um, at one time. There's always so many fun things going on. So definitely be being able to be in more than one place at one time. Yeah, that'd be really cool. What's your favorite vacation? Tropical. Anything tropical on the beach. Yeah, me too. That's the best. Yeah. yeah. Um, totally. Where and when were you the happiest? Oh my gosh. I'm happy a lot. Um, <laughs> But probably July 4th when Mike asked me to marry him. I was like 100 times more exciting, excited than I thought I was going to be. Oh, that's amazing. Um, what's your favorite beauty ritual? Um, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, sleep, 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 and then yoga. Nice. Um, favorite movie? Clueless. Oh my God, I love Clueless. 
I, as if it's the best oh my gosh I love that that's your favorite movie that oh my god it would be that's amazing I had a, I used to have a clueless um poster in my room oh nice <laughs> that's nice. so funny um okay favorite book Ooh, I really love Anne Lamott's bird by bird nice yeah favorite song Hmm. Favorite song. What is my favorite song? Um. Oh my god, I'm totally blanking. Okay, so it's a song. <sighs> it's okay. You can think about it and let me know. I'll think about I'll it. Post it below. It's so weird that I'm totally having a blank on that. It's anyway, okay. You'll, you'll, it'll yeah. come to you. It'll come yeah. to you. But anything. I'm really into Michael Franti these days. So anything Michael Franti. But that's not the song. I'll tell you later. Okay, sounds good. We'll get you'll get back to me. <laughs> um, who's the funniest person that you know? <laughs> oh my god, that's a great question. Um, you know what? My best friend since I was seven, Ellen, is really, really. She's like right up there. She just makes me giggle all the time, and we've been giggling since we were seven together. And you have an amazing giggle. <laughs> Thanks. Do you get that a lot? It's like one of my favorite parts of Glimpse TV. <laughs> yes, I do get that a lot. I do. My favorite episode and my mom's favorite episode is the one with you and your mom. Oh, yes. And you talk about the curler and you just giggle the whole time and it is hilarious. <laughs> That's a classic. That's, it's a that, classic. That I'm going to post that episode below because <laughs> okay. I want everyone to watch it. It's That's so fun. funny. Nice. Um. Well, thank you so much. The last question I have for you is what is the best advice that you have ever received? And do you want to just kind of leave us with that? Yeah, I'll leave you with the best advice I've ever received, which was from um, Danielle Laporte. And she said to me during my first Firestarter session with her, um, I was talking to her about USANA and a business I was doing with my mom and all this stuff. And she said to me, you are the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so seen. Um, and so that wasn't exactly advice, but it was like exactly the thing I needed to hear. And so the translation of that is you are enough. And that applies to everybody on the planet. Mm, I love that. I need to just like let that sink in for a second. That's so beautiful. Kate, thank you so much. Um, tell us a little bit more. We'll have all the links below, but tell everybody a little bit more about where to find you and where to find your amazing, beautiful book. Yeah, if you want to learn everything about the book, go to moneyalovestory.com. And when you go, you'll see that I'm doing a free two-hour live online event for people who buy the book called A Course in Having Enough. And I'll have uh, special guests, Marianne Williamson, Barbara Stanny, who wrote Overcoming Under Earning, and Amanda Steinberg, who founded DailyWorth.com. So they're coming on with me, and you get that free when you buy the book. So that's going to be really awesome. So that's MoneyAloveStory.com. Woohoo! Well, everybody buy the book because that sounds amazing. I'm going to go do it and buy it for all of my family and friends. <laughs> and um, it's amazing. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. So thank you so much for being here, Kate, and for talking with us. And thank you so much for everyone else for listening. And this has been the Wellness Wonderland Radio. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week. But until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout. 
and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.